Sanbonani, Dumelang, Machilo, and good morning. For those who don't know who I am, my name is Baba Lotekiso, and I have the awesome privilege of leading this community of following Jesus. Listen, if you are joining us for the first time, Saubona, welcome here at Following Jesus. We like having people come fellowship with us. We hope this is going to be an amazing experience for you. And if you've been joining us for some time on this platform, welcome back. It is so good to see you again. And for us who call FJ their home, it's good to be back here with you all, family. Over the past few weeks during this Women's Month, as a church, we've been dedicating our efforts in amplifying the voices of women and their experiences as we address the second pandemic in this beloved country of us called gender-based violence. Today we have Mama Lydia Trindi, a member of Following Jesus, who's going to share the word of God with us. Lord, give us ears to hear what she wants to say to us today. And yeah, Mama, take it over. Thank you very much, uh, Muruti Babalo, for, for these wonderful sessions that you are having. Because it's Women's Month, we really are appreciative and we thank God for for following Jesus to give us this opportunity and in the in recognition of, of women, of how God created women to be and how she has to be treated. And I must say, I enjoyed so many, uh, we started with, with uh, Jen and uh, we listened, I loved what she was saying also that, do you see that women need to be seen so I'm glad that this has happened and it's an opportunity for us as women to also participate. But also just to say that our church is really doing well, has done well even in the past, bringing women in the, in the picture. I know that they're part of the OT. Um, yes, and, and that shows that there's, there's something that is happening. And you know, the church has been criticized Globally, uh, generally, the church has been criticized for not recognizing women. And I thank God that uh, following Jesus, we're trying, we, we really are, are trying to see and, and get women as, as children of God, as daughters of the Most High, to participate. And we are grateful for that. Um, the past, I, I must say, I must also start by say, also say that I loved what I was telling Ruti that I loved what Kanye said. You know, there are there are experiences in your life that you do, and you are not able to put a word into it. Uh, every time when I when I have to drive at night, say I'm coming from, or I had to go to the shop for an 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 urgent thing that I just realized that is not there. Maybe there's no bread for my helper. Then I I I I'll be taking the keys to the car. But as I drive out, it's either I pray that, Lord, I'm going out, please protect me, because I know that something might go wrong. And, and can you put it in ways that you plan your trip as a woman to go out because you know that we are so vulnerable and our nation, in our nation, in our society, uh, it's like we've been weakened. And it, it wasn't so in the beginning. It wasn't so in the beginning. And that is my message my message is going to be about that, about how God created us men and women and what mandate he has given both of us so that 
we, we, we know and as we reflect, we're reflecting on how, how God looks at us as men and women, but particularly women. So we're going to our scripture verse is going to be in Genesis. We're going to start with Genesis chapter 1 verse 25. That is Genesis chapter 1 verse 25. And then we will also go to 1, 27 and 28. Amen. So uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 25 says, it talks about, the book of Genesis talks about creation, how God, when God created the earth, the world, and everything that is in it. And Genesis is a true reflection. It's a story of what God did, of what old people, our ancestors, Adam and Eve, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all those who lived. It's a story which is true. It has been proven over and over again that it happened. It's like a diary. It's a diary of the lives of the people of God that lived in the world. It's not just a, a myth, it's true. And the reason why we know is because the continuation of Christ, Christ being born again from the tribe of Judah is because Adam was born and he was born from God uh, 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 in the likeness of God. And Jesus came from that lineage. So. The Bible is true. It's a book that has been proven and stood the test of time. So we're going to read in the book of Genesis. And here we are at a stage where God is now creating animals and men and women. We are on the sixth day. So in chapter, in verse 24, it says, and God said, uh, let's go, we'll, we'll go 25. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. So God created all these lives, the, the animals, he brought creatures together that were alive, the animals that we see today. The, the, I love, I love the lion. Uh, I, I consider, I consider myself as a lioness or a lion because I don't like gender. I, I love because God, for me, God doesn't see gender. He sees, he sees a, 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 a man that he has created. So I love a lion because uh, when I went, we visited in the Vic Falls the other time and we got to get a, to be told about the story of a lion of how the lions speak how, how the lions live their lives so god has pre prepared and did all this and created these and and the fish and the the fish of the of the sea are already there with the the butterfly the insects are already created on the on the fifth day so on the wild animals i want to start with the story of a lion how the lion uh, the king of the jungle in africa uh, the lion, when, when the alpha male wants to have the, 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 the lioness, when it wants to have the female lion to be its own, whether or not this lion is its partner, the lioness, the alpha male will fight 
and all the other species, the animals will do the same. If they want to be the king in whatever tribe they are in, they have to fight. So in this, in this kingdom of the lions, uh, when they want, when the, the alpha man, male wants to, to be, to get you to be his wife, uh, so to speak, it will kill your husband. It will kill your partner that is a male at the time. And, and if, if you as a woman, as a, as a lioness, do not want to come and do not say yes to this alpha male and you've got cubs, it will, it will eat your cubs until, until you, you agree to say it's a partner, uh, uh, you, you are my partner. So this is how God created them. He created them, these animals, in their own likeness and in their, in their environment, in the sphere where they live. This is okay because this is how God created them, in their likeness. And they do not move away from that except for those that are tamed. That is why you've got your environmentalists that will fight when, 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 when the animals are tamed because God has put them there to live according to their likeness. Amen. So then we move to the creation of, of man. And in the same verse, in verse, in, our, in verse 27 and 28, God, the Bible says on the same day, still the same day, the sixth day, God created him in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Let me read again. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So God creates a man. And the Bible says he creates a man, male and female, he creates them on the sixth day. And the Bible says, verse 28 says, he then gives them a mandate. He says to them, rule and subdue, subdue the world and rule every living creature that is, that is alive. I remember Reverend Bafana saying, God says, rule over the creatures. He didn't say rule over each other. So there is no way that God says a, a people or men must rule over women. That is not godly. That is not in the Bible. And we as Christians, we should know that better. And we, we as Christians, a Christian, Christian men, should be the ones that lead, that lead our society to, to take care of our wives, to take care of their wives, take care of their daughters, take care of those that are not married. Uh, so he says, he gives them a mandate. So God creates men in his own image, like he created the animals in their own likeness. In other words, he creates us in his image and we are there as, as women, male and female, he creates them. And then together, God says, rule over the world, rule over the creation, rule over every little thing. He gives them both the mandate to rule. So I want us to see 
as it is a, a, a women's month that God's original plan is for men and women to work together. He created them equal. He gave, he gave them the status, equal status. If he really wanted to segregate and say a woman is inferior, he could have said, Adam, come, let's have a, let's have a chat uh, in secret. But God is setting a scene for how the world must look like, for how things must happen, both in society, both in our families. God talks to a man and his wife because he created them equal. And he created them both in his image, in his image, in his likeness. So the only difference between us and the animals. The animals, he created them in their own likeness, but they do have their life, they do have their soul, he gave them their life. And as humans, God gave us his spirit. He, he, he breathed unto Adam and, and gave him life. So man possesses moral, aesthetics, and spiritual attributes and a capacity to fellowship and worship God which animals don't have. So that is very important for us to know that God has created us to be superior above the animals. And he gave us a mandate actually to rule over them. Just before I move, ruling and subduing the land and the animals doesn't mean that we do not take care of it. Now, today we've got COVID-19 because we did not take care of God's earth. Because the Bible says, the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. In other words, he's, he's given us also a mandate to be good stewards, to take care of every little thing that is given to us, including those animals. Now, the, the how God, I'm going to move into how God looks at women. Because remember, we've been given a mandate, both men and women, we were both there, which means God expects expects us to together work work together we are partners we are partners as men and women we are partners in the kingdom of god we are partners in our families and god has given us an equal status so that we can rule and have dominion over everything that is given us in his likeness i love the fact that god says he's created a man and a woman both male and female in his likeness. I discussed earlier on, I, I shared on how the animals, how they live like. This is, they follow the way God created them. So God has created us in his likeness, which means he's expecting us to be like him. He's expecting us as we study the word, as we pray, as we, as we fellowship together. In, in, in FJ, in following Jesus, We've got life groups. These are structures that help us to know how to be in the likeness of God because he has created us in his image. And because he's created us in his image, he empowers us to be able to work according to him. So how does God look at us women? Because it is Women's Month, it's National Women's Month. Everyone else is talking about women and how women must be supported. And I submit to us, to all of us, in, in our nation, in our society, that even the nation, even government has realized and recognized that women need to be seen and acknowledged 
365 days of the year, not only in August, not only in November when we do 16 days of activism. Women are important in God's eyes. And so they have to be important in our society. They have to be important in the eyes of men and in the eyes of their children. So how God looks at us women, uh, because we are created and in his likeness, this is going to us men. How God has created women in his likeness. What God does, when we read in the book of Luke chapter 7 verse 44, uh, then he says, I'm going to read to us that Jesus is with the sinful woman who is known as Mary Magdalene. He comes to him. He, he has got, we know the story of that, of that woman. So he's here. He's been crying. He's sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ because he's ashamed. He's ashamed of his sins. That is why he's called a sinful woman. So he's decided he's going to bring a gift to the Lord. And he, he, he's got an alabaster oil, an alabaster jar, there is God perfume in it. So the Bible says in verse 44, Luke chapter 7, verse 44, then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon. So Jesus is at Simon's place. So he's, he's teaching there. So this woman comes. Ne? So Jesus says, uh, as part of the story, then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon. So this woman is sitting at the feet of Jesus. He has broken a jar of alabaster, but, uh, uh, alabaster perfume. That is the most expensive perfume. And the Pharisees say, are saying, why do you allow this woman to break such an expensive perfume? Ne? So Jesus says, then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her hair you did not give me a kiss but this woman from the time i entered has not stopped kissing my feet so jesus christ acknowledges this woman he says to simon and this this in our society it will be these women that you call uh, prostitutes women that are not accepted by society and then he comes because he knows that jesus is, 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 is open, is approachable, is acceptable, is accepting every kind of people. So she comes, she sits at her feet. She, in a way, she's like, Lord, here am I, I'm a sinner. And according to a Jewish custom, when you went to go confess your sin, you have to bring a gift before the Lord, be it a goat, be it a, 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 a chicken or whatever, but you had to bring a gift to the Lord. So according to the Jewish culture, she comes, she throws herself at the feet of Jesus Christ. She's got an, an alabaster jar with expensive perfume. And they want to remove him. The Pharisees want to remove him. And Jesus is saying, do not remove him. Do not remove her. She came to me. She's ashamed of her sins. And she knows that she's not accepted. So we're not going to push her out. Let her be. Let her. She, and then she, she, he now, Jesus now says to Peter, to Simon, this that she's doing, you are not able to do. 
So in other words, Jesus affirms and gives loving care to this woman who is sinful. It has to teach us a lesson that God's, God's character towards women in every wherever women are, and every one of us, even men, wherever men and women and every human beings are in their own position, however they look, God says, come to me. He's loving care. So this, this is important for the men in our society to know that there is no person, there is no, there is no person that doesn't uh, uh, deserve to be treated with kindness and, 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 and caring. And Jesus says to Simon, see her, look at her and see her. See her for who she is. See her because I created her in my image. So take care of her. And in Luke chapter 1 verse 26, I like this one. I call this one the restorative way that Jesus takes upon himself to restore women. Remember in the book of creation, in Genesis, that's where when Eve, Eve, and Adam were deceived by the enemy. And it has always been known that Eve was the one who got to be deceived first because Adam was not there. The, the serpent came and gave the fruit to Eve. But Jesus, to emphasize to us, to teach the church, to teach society that he loves women, he takes away the shame by, taking, by making sure that he is going to come to this world through a woman. I actually believe that because God is a God of miracles. You know, when we read in the book of Hebrew chapter 7, verse 1 to 11, he talks about Melchizedek, Melchizedek, the king of Salem. I believe Melchizedek, the Bible says when you read in, in, in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1 to 11, he says, Melchizedek had no parents. So if God, I believe God could have done a miracle and leave Melchizedek to be here and die for our sins. I also believe that God made sure that he restores the position of a woman after the fall. And that is why he decided, I'm going to come through Mary. And I'm going to come miraculously through the power of the Holy Spirit, Mary conceived. For me, that is restoration of a woman. For all, everyone who thinks uh, women brought a fall, yes, yes, uh, the serpent tricked a woman, but Jesus Christ comes and God says, I'm going to restore this woman. And he comes through a woman. Am I not happy about that? I'm very excited that God goes out. He goes all out to say, these people, these are my, my daughters. I love them and I'm going to restore them. I'm going to take away their shame. So we expect men to do the same, to love us, to take care of us, to cover our shame, and not to expose us. Remember how it happened, ne? Uh, Joseph, Joseph then uh, 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 discovers that Mary is pregnant, and Mary is a virgin, ne? And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that in the, in the natural state that a person, a woman can say, I've conceived without sleeping with a man. And justifiably so, Joseph decides, the Bible says, he decides to leave him privately. The one thing I like about this story is that Joseph decides, I am not going to expose her. I'm not going to beat her. I'm not going to say she was cheating 
and bitter and 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 do whatever is being done today because when women when women commit a crime or when women make mistakes it's like men don't they forget so the many mistakes that they've committed against their wives against women when women commit a mistake it is that is why Tina Turner says I'm still a Christian but Tina Turner says my mistakes are no worse, no worse than yours just because I'm a woman so Jesus is actually doing that and I love the way Joseph treats Mary and I pray that God will give men the grace to treat women like that to treat women like themselves because Paul says you cannot how how can you beat yourself up how can you not treat yourself as as loving as caring so he said the bible says treat a woman the way you would want you, you to treat to be treated you know i love that so god restores god restores us as women he puts us in a pedestal to say i bring you back to your state where it was in the original in the in the in during creation so we are again on equal level isn't that god wonderful he is and that's why i love him that's why i love him because he's not a man that he should lie and he's not a man that he should he should treat me the bible says he doesn't treat me according to my sins you know he treats me lovingly and because he's, he's made us he made men in his likeness there is a possibility and a capacity for men to be like god and for women likewise but the people who suffer the most are women so we are asking we are asking but that that uh, you treat us with care the other thing that that jesus christ does when you look in john chapter 4 verse 9 uh, jesus is in samaria and we know that uh, the samaritans were not wanted by the jews because they were called a mixed breed so Jesus is in Samaria on his way to Galilee. He meets this Samaritan woman. And this, we all know the story. So Jesus Christ allows this, this woman to ask her questions, to actually tell her what the Bible says. He says, don't you know that Samaritans and Jews do not come together? He, and Jesus allows her to talk. So it is, it is, it is in our, it's our natural state to want to be heard to want to be seen, to want to be recognized, that our inputs matter. Uh, even when I challenge you, when I challenge a man, when I challenge Muruti, Muruti, Muruti is not challengeable anyway, uh, because he's a, he's, he, his heart is in a good place. So when, when your wife or your fiancé challenges you, it's not because she's disrespect, disrespectful. And I think she has a right to challenge you as you challenge her, so that we know and this is men, men are, are, you are supposed to be covering us. You are supposed to be protecting us. You are supposed to be loving and making sure that we are safe. So when we go into, into because he's given us to rule over creation, I'm moving now to when we go to Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 18. He says, go to all the world and speak good news to all creation. He's sending both women and men. I just wanted to emphasize that. He's given us both a mandate and we are equal in God's eyes. 
Uh, if you're reading the book of New in the New Testament, you'll hear, you'll find where Paul says to the Colossians, there's now no male or female in Christ. We are all in Christ. So I'm going to go, before I close, I want to, to, to look at how men and the church and society can treat women. How is it that we can, how, how can we do to protect and to prevent gender-based violence and femicide? In a country, I mean, last week alone, there were five women who were killed in KZN and dropped in a farm somewhere. And the next thing you know, you hear that the suspect has killed himself. What on earth is happening? Where are the men who are supposed to protect these women? So, we expect, you know the Bible says, why husbands must love their wives. Loving your wife means you see her, you acknowledge her, you see the hard work that she puts. And you know, we all know that women's work cannot be quantified, but it's quality, and we don't get a salary for that. So we need to acknowledge them and love them. Don't beat them up. Society has, has relegated women to people who are subservient. And that, that was not so in the beginning. At home, we're expecting men to treat, to, to treat their wives with love, to teach your sons how to love their mother. If we do not teach, if fathers don't model and teach their sons that women are valuable, that their daughters are valuable, they will not know that. They're going to go out and rape and abuse and violate girls outside. And it was not so in the beginning. So God is expecting men. We pray for God's grace for men to change, for society to transform, so that we can treat women with dignity. And, and what can the church do? The church, because, because our, our, our parents, our men have been raised by parents who, who were just entrepreneurs in raising their children. Who didn't know how to do it right? But now we know what to do. So men at home, we need to have, you know, in the Jewish culture, they would sit down every evening and check each other. How, how, have, they, the, how have they been doing during the day? And the man will teach his family what the Torah or the Bible says. So what, what we expect men to do in their families to sit their boys down and their girls together as they have a meal and teach and talk about issues of violating women. Because there's nowhere else to start. We have to start in the family. When things are done right in the family, when men are taking responsibility in teaching their boys on how to treat and value women, the society cannot be able to do that. Remember, the, the society is made up of family units. So it has to start in the family. And both of us are given a mandate. Not only men will teach their boys, but men and women together must be able to sit down and teach their boys and girls how to behave in society. And what the church can do also is that we can have workshops, workshops for men, men and boys. Like we've, had, we've, we've done workshop for racism and we can do it during a church service. We have a workshop 
where men will sit with the boys. And remember some of the boys in, in the churches, some they, they are from single parents. They don't, have, they don't have fathers. So fathers in the church, they can actually take the men and they can take boys and groom them and teach them how to value women and teach them how life is, how to protect even the girls that they don't know. Because that is doable. I mean, when we grew up, we knew that a child is raised by a community. So even, even in the church, and even in the stock fairs. I mean, when we sit, I was talking to Muruti about the other conversations that men can have in their stock fair, in the golf where they play golf, where they, they drinking, where you drink and where you chilling, where you talking about women, you, you can actually promote protection of women, valuing of women, that women cannot be objectified. And we need to change our language on how we talk and see women. Because women are there to compliment us. They are there to help you. So together we can do it. We need to go back to the beginning when God gave a man and a woman a mandate to rule, to subdue, to, 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 to be good stewards of everything that he's given us. And men, you have a bigger responsibility to protect women, to take care of them, even when you don't agree with them. Yes, and as we come to a close, I know that there, there, there are a lot of things that God might have said to, to all of us about this message and how God has restored women and how society has not treated women, treated women well and how also the churches, some churches, have not allowed women, have not allowed women to be seen. Like Kanye said last week, uh, her friend was so gifted was so gifted and committed to the church where they started together. But she was relegated to serving coffee. Is it because she was not good enough? No. It's because of how we've taken the values of society and brought them to church. And it was not so in the beginning. God is expecting us to change. We need to look, ask God, where is it that we can change? How have we treated women, you know? How is it that we, we haven't done well? Where is it that God wants us to change? Because it's important that we hear the Lord. And you know, in John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus Christ acknowledges that it is tough. There is nothing we can do without him. Even those, if you're not born again, and you want to live this life, you want to change, you cannot do it on your own. That is why Jesus is saying, without me, you can do nothing. And he is the only way, the truth and the life that can give you the light into doing this. Because Jesus makes us look good. He enables us. Having Jesus in your life, accepting him as your Lord and Savior, is the only way that makes us to change. And those that are Christians, God expects us to set an example, to be a good model to our neighbors who do not know Christ, in treating our women, in bringing God's kingdom the way it was in the Garden of Eden and bringing it here as we pray. We say, may your kingdom come. So God expects us and he's calling us. He's calling us to say, your kingdom come, may it come through us, Lord God.
may it come through us. We are availing ourselves. He's expecting us. He's actually calling us graciously to say you can change because he's given us the grace to do so. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you spoke to our hearts. And Lord, you know the desires of our hearts as a church, as individuals, as a nation, is to go back to your original ways that you had prepared for men and women, is to go back and bring your kingdom in this world, to go back into striving to be living in your likeness, having our lives being like you. As we read and hear your word today, O oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus that Holy Spirit, you will brighten and light those areas that need your attention in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that you convict us, bring conviction into our hearts and nudge us, Spirit of God, in different ways and areas where we need to change. We need to act in your likeness, even as sisters and, and daughters who need you, who need your protection. Father, we thank you. We thank you that your word gives life. Even as we sat down and heard your message, we heard you speaking to us. We thank you that your light is coming into our spirit because the spirit of man is a candle of the Lord. And though Lord, th therefore, Lord, we thank you that you enable us, as Paul says in the book of Philippians, that the Spirit empowers us to be willing to do of your will. So I pray for everyone. I pray, Lord, I pray for our men that they'll, they'll find grace. Lord, they'll find themselves in you, that they will find their purpose and their mandate that you'd given, oh God, for them to lead and being good stewards taking care of the women, taking care of the daughters, taking care and teaching their sons according to your will. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you, Mama, for that powerful word. I oh, hope this series has been helping you guys, hoping you've been encouraged and enlightened with everything that the women have shared over the past few weeks. It is my prayer that God will continue to grant us the courage, the grace that we need, and the wisdom and the strength that we need to navigate these social ills, and particularly this issue of gender-based violence against children and against women. Next week, we will be ending the series. Oh, I don't want it to end, but we'll be ending it with the Holy Communion. So prepare your bread, your biscuit, and juice, or wine, whatever you use for Holy Communion. And let us pray together as we remember the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is it for me from, for today. So FJ, as always, you know we love you. We care for you. Until we see you again next week. Stay well, take care, and much love. Shoshone.